leaving your screenplay unfinished is still better than never starting one in the first place. I want to kind of go over with you guys a little bit about table reads. Screenwriters especially don't ever think about the table read. A lot of the, the inexperienced ones are the ones with no money, whatever. What's, what is a table read? Well, that's where you get the cast together or someone to play different parts to read the screenplay dialogue out loud. You want to have this dialogue read back to you because when you write, when we write, when we sit down and we punch those keys, or some people write, I guess, if you want to do that, kill a tree, why don't you? Anyway, if you're sitting down and and, and you're typing and you get all this great dialogue, or at least you think it's great dialogue, and you're just pounding away at the keyboard, just pounding away at it, and it sounds so great to you. It's, it's like, oh my God, this is such, this is the best stuff. Sorkin's not nothing on me. And so you get in there and, and you say it's the greatest thing. You go back through it. You do your edits. You kind of, you know, you're on your fourth draft and you're still just like, oh, wow, that's so good. I love it so much. I'm going to take this and sleep with it at night and go in there and cuddle it on your paper as you printed it. We killed another tree. I mean, come on freaking tree murderer so you get the, the, this dialogue and you think it's great it's wonderful but the problem is and an experienced screenwriter will know this and anybody who's kind of thought about it a little bit probably already knows this you know where i'm going when you're writing you need to hear the voices of the characters it's okay to have one character that talks in your voice but if all the and i'm guilty of this this is one of my biggest flaws all my characters have the same voice me I, it, it's me and I have to remember to stop that. I have to I have to stop what I'm doing and, and think about the character that I'm writing for and make sure that this character I'm writing for is expressed correctly. A lot of times I'll, I'll be writing and I'll free write to get my screenplay done because sometimes that's what you gotta do. And I go back and I'm like, oh my God, Jill sounds like Bill or Bill sounds like Harry. What, what happened here? And then I have to go back and rewrite it. Always wanna think about and put yourself in the shoes of those characters and what they're feeling, experience their emotions and what they're doing. If you can't experience their emotions, if you're not empathizing with your character, it's coming from a place of lies. And remember, one of the best ways to make your writing good is to be truthful in everything that you're doing. In other words, that character has to be true to themselves. It has to be true. If it's not true, the audience is going to pick up on it. The reader's going to pick up on it, and it's going to fall flat. And you're going to and you're going to hate yourself for it. And people are going to not care about your screenplay just because the writing sounds good in your head. It doesn't mean that it sounds good when it's read out loud. If you've never experienced this, if you're a screenwriter who's never been produced, or if you're a young person screenwriting stuff, and you, you, you sometimes blame your actors. Boy, that actor's terrible. Oh, I can't believe that guy did such a terrible job with my fantastic dialogue. Probably there's a little bit of both. I mean, your actor could be so bad. I mean, that's, that's, that's possible. But more than likely, it's your writing hasn't inspired the actor. And if the actor's not inspired because the writing is bland or flat or you're on the nose, hey, Bill, let's go get a drink. I would like a drink, Bill. I'm, eh, don't do things like that. The actors aren't gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna be like, who talks this way? So now they're having to truly lie to the camera. And which is what I mean by it probably doesn't sound good when read aloud. Uh, a table read, 
When you get your actors or some players together, it doesn't really matter. Anybody will do, even if they're terrible, because you will hear it. You'll be like, oh God, that is bad. When you get them together on the table and you get everybody a script and you've got one person reading the action, uh, when you're, especially when you're going through it the first time, I would say stop reading the action after the second or third time. Who cares? We all know. When you got somebody out there reading it, you have the opportunity to hear the confusion of the words. Even though our words make sense, when they're said out loud, you're like, you, you, it's very possible. And I would say 50% of the time when writing, it sounds great on, but I have a, I have a screenplay right now that I want to produce. Uh, it's called the, uh, I don't know what it's called. Doesn't matter anyway. It's about some, about these two guys that work for a college that are experimenting on depression and happiness and the neediness of people to have a leader and what happens to people when their leader is killed. These two guys on paper sound really, really cool. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, this is good dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we did a table read and it was absolutely awful. It didn't go anywhere. It was too long. The guy, the, you know, it, it didn't sound like human speech at all. So I'm having to go back and rewrite it and I'm, and I'm having a trouble with it, uh, mostly because I've got other things I want to do more than that. It's an old screenplay. I've had that idea around for a long time, but it, I didn't realize what was happening when I wrote it, that it sounded so terrible. And, and you know, I have another one that reads really well and in the hands of a very competent, professional, seasoned actor. They can handle the dialogue and make it sound awesome. But when I give it to somebody who's not quite as good and who's had some training, but has a regular job and acts every now and again, uh, the, the dialogue on this thing, it was just too long. It was too drawn out and it was too, it was overly dramatic in the words. It wasn't conversational. I didn't know it until I actually had it in, it had the, the people in front of me reading from the script. Not only did I, you know, I wrote from the character's point of view because that's what I do. I, I always try, sometimes I don't, but I always try. But when I said it in front of them, I heard the fact that none of it sounded like someone was actually talking. It sounded just like somebody was, it, it, they didn't sound like they were reading off a script, but the words were so implausible to be strung around in that, in, in that way that it really, they confused themselves. They became cluttered. And when the clutter happens, it's a problem because who wants to watch that? One of the other things that's very interesting about screenplays and acting is, especially if you're a director and you're writing your own screenplay, is that sometimes we can get opposing sounds, a k and a t and a b. The k as a k starts in American, in American accents for the most part, I mean, there's always somebody, uh, in the back of your back of your mouth, back of your head, very back, and then kaba. It's always gonna say, if you have a B, the next one, you're always gonna have this sound. If you isolate, it's gonna be kaba or kabi, which makes the mouth form around the words and causes it to sound just a little bit differently. And sometimes some actors, some people can't actually physically do the sound. So we also have to worry about the sounds that we're making with our dialogue. The human body cannot always make the sounds that you hear in your head. I had one recently where uh, I wrote a dialogue with a bunch of syllables in the back of the mouth. So it was back of the mouth. So it's easy to say, ga, 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 right? Ga, ga, ga. And then I threw in, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a uh, ba. And the person reading it without studying it and working on it couldn't get those sounds 
out without it sounding absolutely horrid or them pausing and stopping and it sounded more like they were mumbling than they sounded like they were talking. That was my fault. All I had to do was get my thesaurus, find a different word that meant very much the same thing that I liked the sound of and go back and fix it. It's that easy. But in your head, you can hear all these words, but you're not always going to get them right when it comes out of the human skull. If you're using actors to table read your screenplay, this is for people out there who are making their film. If you're using actors to table read your screenplay, once you've read it through a few times and you've kind of given them a little bit of adjustment, I'd like you to be a little bit more needy here. I want you to be more angry here. Don't yell. Never yell. By the way, if you're an actor listening into this or your director listening to this, anger is the worst emotion, the worst emotion to portray loudly. Anger always needs to be deep inside. And when you're writing, it's the same thing. Don't type on your keyboard. They yell and scream. Let the actor decide. And for the most part, it's always going to be right if they let it simmer, if they hold back. If they're just screaming on camera, it's untrue. There's my family. We scream at each other. Most families do not. That's what you have to remember. Did your mom and dad and and, and brother and sister and your girlfriends, did you scream at each other? Most of us don't have that problem. My family, we like to yell. It's fun. With the actors sitting there at the table read and they're, they've read through it a few times, now would be a great opportunity to practice and figure out some blocking. Go ahead and put them in a pseudo place and, and sit there and watch what they're doing. Sit there and watch and see what the actors are gonna do. Let, let them run through it once or twice on their own and then start blocking a little bit. It's gonna save you a whole lot of time, especially if you're making your own film. Only when you're making your own film. I, would, I, don't, I wouldn't suggest blocking out a scene if you're just a screenwriter. Absolutely not. That's a director's job. You have to remember there's one good thing to remember about screenwriting. Let the other people do their job. You write the screenplay, let them do their job. You can't do introspection like in a novel. Jason sits and thinks as the world he lived passes before his eyes. Well, if you do that, but you didn't mean for it to be seen, you meant to infer an emotion from Jason. As a director, I'm going to read this and I'm going to say, oh, they want me to show his past flowing before his eyes, which means a flashback. Did you intend a flashback in that? The director's going to interpret it. More than likely, he's going to throw it out and say, nah, I don't do that. I, I think it'd be better this way, which is the way you intended it. But he may not, he or she may not know that your intention was not for a flashback, but just to get the emotion off to the to the character. The problem that you've got there is you've encroached on the director's territory and you've encroached on the actor's art. Remember, that's a bad thing. Let the actors do their art. You're doing yours by writing. You're doing yours by making the film, but their art is the interpretation of the emotions. So now that you've got your actors out there and you've got them blocking, you can give them some adjustments, you've saved yourself a ton of time because when you're on the set, when you're on the set with the cameras up and rolling and you've got people that are, that are, that are, if you're doing it for free, they're like, Hey man, I got to go uh, have lunch uh, in like 10 minutes. Can we get this done? Those, you know, that's going to happen. You need to get the shot as fast as possible. Speed is your friend when you're filming something with zero budget. Uh, but you also want to make sure that it's done right. And this table read is going to let you film it right. Rehearsals 
rehearsals. I, I don't know how many film sets I've been on. I've got a college up the road here that has a film school. And most of those folks, now I could be speaking out of turn, but the one the, the film sets I've been on from this film school, they give the people, the actors, their lines, their sides the day of or the night before and or maybe two weeks before, but they've never had everybody in one room. They don't all come together and do a rehearsal. Well, I can tell you that's not the way it works in, uh, in, a, in a real production environment. They will have everybody show up. It may only be one day, but they'll have everybody show up and they will go through the script, whatever they're filming or the entire thing, kind of depends, and they will do a table read to get everybody used to it. You can go and see Patrick Stewart kind of makes fun of it, uh, I think it was for BuzzFeed or something like that. He got and did a table read for a screenplay of a shoot that he was going to do. And he's making fun of it. But that's because screen uh, table reads are an important part of your production. As a movie filmmaker, you want a table read. You want a rehearsal. Do you? I mean, yes, you have opportunity to cut. Let's try it again. I don't like that line, right? Yes, you have that opportunity versus, for example, live performance like a stage play. But I can guarantee you it's going to be much better, much, much better by doing the table read first, having everybody prepared. They know what they're expected to do. And instead of having to spend 20 minutes figuring that out, guess what? The work's done. They know what they're going to do. You just tell them, I'm going to have you stand over here instead of that close. I want you a little closer. I want you a little further away, blah, 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 because the camera angles. As a screenwriter, you're going to hear your dialogue. You're going to hear what's going on. Something doesn't make sense or something sounds terrible. It's always great to have someone else say it. That way you can cut cut your baby, as Kevin Smith says. We have to cut our babies as screenwriters. We can't leave everything in. We got to cut it down. We got to make sure it's just the right amount of information and dialogue. Having it go too far is always the the best recipe for it to explode in your face and no one will ever read it. Do Do the work on it. And when you do that table read, save time and, and do some do some heavy lifting here by explaining the backstories of the character, especially with the actors. Explain the backstory of the character. Explain everything that you know as a director or writer about that character. Get them on the page because it's going to do nothing but help them more. It's going to make them empathize even more with the character, which is going to make it way more believable and you'll get better performances every time your screenplay your screenplay will always read better and better is always what wait better better is better i guess that's true all right fine better is better i'm paul g newton i'm a writer director all that other goodness of stuff that I love to do and never get paid for. Please visit my website, look around, see if there's something you want to buy or if you want to ask a question or if you just want to say, hey, how's it going? Absolutely wonderful. Find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Instagram, I guess. Uh, I hate being old. The light is bright, the light is mine. I'm